WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Michigan Veterinarian's Office says a case of West Nile virus has been found in a Berrien County animal. A camelid, which is like an alpaca, became ill in late September and later died. It was found to have been infected with West Nile. Berrien County Health Officer Guy Miller tells us the illness is not often found in either humans or animals in the county. However, with this animal case and one probable human case found in the county this year, he says it's clear the virus is here. Wouldn't West Nile be less common this time of year? We do, actually. We see more of those arboviruses, more of those like West Nile virus or Eastern equine encephalitis. We see them kind of around this time in the fall. Miller says everyone should remove standing water from their property and be aware of the risks. It's important to recognize the connection between human and animal health and that taking care of animals, taking care of the land we're on is just as important as taking care of ourselves. Miller says the West Nile season will be over once we have a hard frost, which shouldn't be far off. Symptoms of West Nile virus include fever, headache, body aches, joint pains, vomiting, diarrhea, and a rash. Most people who get it never know, but it can sometimes become severe and even lead to death. Lake Michigan College is seeing enrollment creep back up after it took a hit during COVID. Interim Vice President of Student Affairs James Daniels tells us preliminary numbers for this fall show about a 4% increase in students. He says after staying away from in-person situations during the pandemic, some of the last holdouts are finding their way back. We're seeing a lot of people now feeling it's safer to possibly return and take some of our tech classes or taking some of our other classes to begin to retool themselves for the next go-around of employment. Daniels notes some of the technical programs in the nursing program cannot be done all online. And those aren't the only programs attracting students back. We seem to be seeing, of course, our growth in business courses, of course, looking at that. But also we're seeing a lot of the trade. Our truck driving school right now currently is full, and we have lots of people wanting to learn to to become CDL drivers. We see a little bit in the other tech industries, just slight growth there. Meanwhile, there are students who took high-paying entry-level jobs during the post-COVID employee crunch that are finding they really don't like those entry-level positions, even though they pay north of $20 an hour. Daniels notes it's easier than ever to get a community college education without going into debt because of programs like Michigan Reconnect and the LMC Promise. Anyone who wants to learn about such programs should call the college. Neighbors Organizing Against Racism is planning its next Michigan Black Summit. Set for February 16th and 17th at the Mendel Center, the event will attract black leaders from all across Michigan, says Group Director Trenton Bowens. We will be having workshops where we will be teaching and talking about African-American infant mortality rate issues. We will be teaching about community organizing. You know, a lot of people can complain about stuff in the community, but they don't know how to go about implementing those changes. We're going to be talking about how to form a political action committee. Bowen says the Hold an Evening Gala is part of the summit in February with live music and the announcement of the John Lewis Awards. Those go to someone who's made a good trouble in the community helping to improve lives. The theme for the Michigan Black Summit this year is piecing the puzzle back together, reflecting a commitment to addressing the challenges faced by black communities in Michigan while fostering a collaborative spirit. You can find out about attending the summit at the Facebook page of Neighbors Organizing Against Racism. Halloween is Tuesday, and the Berrien County Sheriff's Department has some reminders for everyone to stay safe. 
Under Sheriff Chuck Height tells us a few precautions should be taken before the trick-or-treaters head out. From a costume standpoint, if they are going to be out after dark, has some type of reflective tape in the costumes, bags, or a glow stick attached. You know, and if they are, obviously for young to small children, adults should accompany them when they're trick-or-treating. For older children, make sure to plan a route that's acceptable and agree on a specific time that the children should return home. Make sure the kids know to never enter a stranger's home or car. Height says drivers should be extra alert for the next several days. There will be more foot traffic during these times throughout the couple days leading up to Halloween and Halloween itself. So just watch for children either entering the roadways or crossing the street. The Sheriff's Department will be out and about and visible for the festivities. Height reminds any adults who are going to party to make a plan so they don't drink and drive. Law enforcement will be watching out for you. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has signed legislation designed to ensure drinking water given to children is safe. She was in Flint on Wednesday to promote the Filter First bills. That require every child care center and school in Michigan filter their drinking water. Protecting our kids is a top priority for me. Every parent deserves the confidence to know that when they give their child a glass of water, it's safe. Whitmer said the state didn't always strive to ensure everyone's water was safe, something that Flint proves, but now that's changing. The legislation also requires schools to develop a drinking water management plan and conduct routine sampling and testing. An Elkhart, Indiana man is charged with open murder after a chase with police that resulted in the death of his passenger. Cass County Prosecutor Victor Fitz says the incident happened during the early morning hours of Sunday, October 22nd in Mason Township. He says the suspect ignored commands by police in Indiana to stop the stolen vehicle he was driving and instead fled into Michigan. He drove along M205 and Redfield Street, ultimately crashing the car. An adult passenger in the stolen car was pronounced dead at the scene. The suspect's now charged with murder, drunk driving, fleeing police, and receiving a stolen vehicle. He was arraigned today. Scams and fraud have long-lasting effects on a person's mental well-being, but the latest research says the emotional toll is especially high on older adults. Half of the victims in fraud cases reported to the FTC were under the age of 30, but the financial losses are greater with older adults at an average of $1,500. The AARP says people who get scammed often experience shame and a desire for isolation. That was the case with Keith Gazzoli, who got caught up in a romance and cryptocurrency scam. Since I was in cybersecurity all my life, and I'm not stupid, and I don't know, I'm like looking for love in all the wrong places, but I felt like an idiot. I was embarrassed. I didn't tell anybody. I told one of my friends. I didn't tell anybody else. The AARP, in conjunction with Volunteers of America's REST program, offers free online emotional support sessions for fraud victims. REST stands for Resilience, Strength, and Time. People can attend as many sessions as they like. And Michigan State Police are planning a trunk-or-treating event in Pawpaw. The Pawpaw Post says it'll be on Monday at the Post from 4 to 6 p.m. The Post will showcase law enforcement equipment and will offer recruitment information to those who might be interested in a career with the State Police. They'll have several activities for the kids, including candy for the trunk-or-treating. Everyone's encouraged to show up in a costume. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. New House Speaker Mike Johnson. He was elected today. The Louisiana congressman gave a floor speech not long after his election. Here's ABC's Liz Landers in Washington. After three weeks without a Speaker of the House, a little-known Republican Louisiana congressman, Mike Johnson, was elected to the top position. Johnson taking the dais as the Speaker for the first time. We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good 
for the entire world. Johnson becomes the 56th Speaker of the House. Every Republican president voted for him. Democrats have criticized Johnson, a close ally of former President Trump, for voting against certification of the 2020 election. Liz Landers, ABC News, Washington. Republicans eagerly gave Johnson the gavel today on a vote of 220 to 209 with a few absences. Johnson picked up an important nod of support from Donald Trump. He was the fourth candidate Republicans nominated to replace Kevin McCarthy. The Republican majority has been without a speaker for three weeks and was desperate to end the chaos. Johnson was quickly sworn into office. He said Republicans would, quote, restore the people's faith in the House. Far-right members refused to accept a more traditional speaker. Moderate conservatives didn't want a hardliner. The House was planning to reconvene to consider a resolution in support of Israel in its war with Hamas as soon as possible. Meanwhile, the Republican from Louisiana has a very strict code when it comes to constitutional interpretation. ABC's Jay O'Brien explains. The court says that the Establishment Clause in the Constitution, in the First Amendment, creates a firewall between church and state both ways. That's what Hugo Black decided, right? Mike Johnson doesn't see it that way. Uh, And it's just an interesting insight into the policy positions of the person who's now going to be the most powerful Republican in the House of Representatives, potentially the most powerful Republican on Capitol Hill because Republicans don't have the majority that they have in the House in the Senate. The U.N. Agency for Palestinian Refugees has warned that it's on the verge of running out of fuel in the Gaza Strip, forcing it to sharply cut back relief operations across the Strip. The territory has been blockaded and hit by devastating Israeli airstrikes since Hamas militants launched an attack on Israel more than two weeks ago. Hospitals in Gaza are struggling to treat masses of wounded with dwindling resources. Health officials in the Hamas-ruled territory say the airstrikes killed more than 750 people between Tuesday and Wednesday. It's not clear how many of those killed were militants. The AP could not independently verify the death toll. The head of the United Nations is clarifying some controversial remarks he made about the war between Israel and Hamas. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres standing by comments he made to the Security Council saying the violence between Israel and Hamas, quote, didn't happen in a vacuum while condemning the actions of Hamas. I spoke of the grievances of the Palestinian people. And in doing so, I also clearly stated, and I quote, But the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas. Israeli officials, including the country's ambassador to the U.N., have called for Gutierrez to step down, saying he should have been more forceful in his support of Israel. Derek Dennis, ABC News. The judge in Donald Trump's civil fraud trial has fined the former president $10,000. The judge says that Trump violated a limited gag order barring personal attacks on court staffers. The fine was issued today after Trump complained outside court about what he called a, quote, person who's very partisan sitting alongside the judge in the case, Arthur N. Gorin. Weeks ago, N. Gorin ordered all participants in the case not to comment publicly on his staff. The October 3rd gag order came after Trump made a social media post maligning the judge's principal law clerk who sits behind him in court. Trump's lawyer says his comment Wednesday was about witness Michael Cohen and not the clerk. It was a big day at the White House as a key state visit from a U.S. ally. ABC's Karen Travers has details on President Biden's meetings with the Australian Prime Minister. President Biden began his meeting in the Oval Office with Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese by apologizing for canceling his visit to Australia earlier this year. But the red carpet is rolled out for Albanese today at the White House for this state visit. The president told reporters he and the Prime Minister will be discussing climate and clean energy, U.S.-Australia cooperation on technology and science, and global security issues from the Indo-Pacific region to Ukraine and to Israel. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you very much for being here. It's an honor to have you. Thank you for your leadership and your personal friendship. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House.
Hurricane Otis ripped through Mexico's southern Pacific coast as a powerful Category 5 storm tearing through buildings in the resort city of Acapulco, ravaging roads and leaving large sections of the southwestern state without power or cell phone service. While little is known about possible deaths or the full extent of the damage, experts are calling Otis the strongest storm in history to make landfall along the eastern Pacific coast. By mid-morning today, Otis had weakened to a tropical storm. And as the war against Hamas continues, the Israeli Defense Force now says it's seeing a surge of ultra-Orthodox men lining up to join the ranks, despite traditionally being exempt from service due to religious reasons. ABC's Inos de la Quatera has more from Jerusalem. It's unlikely that they'll be serving in kind of, you know, frontline combat units because they haven't received the training for that. So the IDF says they're going to be given two weeks of basic training and then they will likely serve in other roles. So, for instance, they could be, you know, ambulance drivers, they could be cooks, they could be medics, um, work in kind of logistical support, but unlikely that they will be on the front lines. 